almost four years ago, I was on the strategic partnerships team at, you know, our massive global hotel company. And my VP was this young hotshot who came from the consulting world. He was a deal maker, a closer, like y'all know the type. He was just, he was that guy, right? And when he resigned, I fully expected him to be heading to a tech company or some other sexy industry. But instead, he took this biz dev role, business development role at a company that specializes in luxury train travel. Their trains had these glass domes so you could get 360 views and they had all the amenities, like all of them. And when I asked him why he would do this, he kind of broke down all of the reasons from market cap of train travel to the trends of intergenerational travel to the sheer financial prowess of baby boomers and having all of this money but limited mobility coupled with increasing frustration with the entire airline experience. And I was sold on this model. So like when I think about it, like after doing the episode, obviously this is the mainstream version, but I can absolutely see the U.S. starting to catch up with the rest of the world regarding transportation infrastructure. Welcome to the Rich and Regular podcast presented by Success, where we explore life at the intersection of money. I'm Julian. And I'm Kirsten. And today we're talking about train travel or traincations. I got See 69 boys in my head right I think now. I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Come on, ride the train. Ride it, choo, choo. <laughs> I used to hate that song. Really? I used to hate that song. Did you yeah. know the dance? Uh, felt, felt left out. Well, I well I felt misunderstood because <laughs> the year that song came out. Were you coming from Brooklyn? It was exactly the same year that I came from Brooklyn, so that was like my introduction. Oh, y'all had that angry to music. Atlanta. Yeah. And fun fact, it was on the soundtrack for Sunset Park, which was a basketball movie back in the day, just like predates Above the Rim, and that was actually filmed at my high school. Oh. Yeah. So it, the I felt, train was on the soundtrack. Yeah, it was a weird oh. thing. It was that song was on that tra- was on that soundtrack. So I am dating myself. Shout out to everyone who remembers Sunset Park. That was a old school classic basketball movie. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about trains. And I want to talk about why it's top of mind. Obviously, we're recording this and we're talking about summer travel. And We've been thinking a lot about summer travel leading up to the summer. We have a six-year-old who just wants to go everywhere. Every time he sees something on TV, he's like, oh, when do we get to go there? And we made the conscious decision this year that we were going to keep things a little simple and to uh, really, like, take more road trips. Because, like, we flew a lot last year. Like, I was looking back, especially after doing our taxes, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, we were (laughs) everywhere. And it was just all a blur. We book travel and business and a little bit of personal, like it was a lot. So all that to say, as we were thinking about what this year would be like, we wanted it to be more affordable. We wanted it to be just as good. And we were like, you know, let's like bring back the road trip. And even in the process of doing that, I was like, what? I'd completely forgotten about trains. And I was like, you can take, like they were still a thing. Like I haven't been on a train in a really, really long time. And so it just like made me think and I was like, oh my gosh, like, Trains are still a thing. People still take trains. Like, that is an option. Oh, absolutely. And so we went down the rabbit hole. I learned a lot. And that's part of the reason why we wanted to share. Because I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that hasn't thought about a train uh, in a long time as a primary means of going on vacation. (laughs) Have you ever taken a train on vacation? I mean, other than in New York with your family where they call the subway the train, 
which I guess is yeah, relative. The, the train I remember the most is the one that I took in Italy. One of my best friends, Linda, is Italian, and she took me on the train to go to the outlets out, out there. Like, they're far away from town. Yeah. And that was probably 10 years ago. But growing up in Texas and Georgia and like oh, yeah, y'all are, a little y'all bit of drivers. Florida, yeah, road trips are more of a thing than trains are. Yeah. But I have friends who grew up in the Northeast, Mid-Atlantic regions, and they had completely different experiences. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not going to lie. We walked past the Amtrak station in, I think it was Philly last year, and it wasn't a great experience. So I haven't really given it much thought until recently, until you dragged <laughs> me into this YouTube hole. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's been interesting. And and to your point, that, that I really need to blame or thank you too for this because I was like, wow, this is interesting. And I will also say before we get into it, I remember uh, and may have been a couple of years ago when I also realized that there was an entire world online of people who find like relaxation from watching hours of footage from a train point oh, of yeah. view. I started watching it like back when I we were like writing and I would just have it on. It was like a train going through like the Swiss Alps. <laughs> That's something. what I watch when I'm in the sauna. Just like it, it was still, pretty cool. Like I don't know. They have these jungle beach footage, train footage, coffee shop in New York footage. Yeah. 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 So there's there's a whole vibe for that. So for other train lovers or people who just like those kinds of experiences. Or if you're like me and you've been to Europe and you've been on a train or I had an experience in Tokyo. Uh, going from Tokyo to uh, Kyoto, I'm pretty sure it was Kyoto. It might have been Osaka, it might have been both. I don't remember, but I remember taking the actual bullet train. And so it is a really, really cool experience. And so all of that to say, all of those memories and our recent experiences in trying to book travel and also trying to save money and avoid the hassle led us to where we are, which is why we're sort of sharing some of these insights and things that we've learned. And hopefully you might consider taking a traincation sometime soon. So, okay. So why would you even think about doing this, aside from some of the stuff that I think is cool that we just mentioned? And I think one of the leading reasons is really cost, right? Like cost of travel, especially for taking vacations, is up again. Uh, it's up since 2022. Obviously, we recorded a podcast about that and the whole idea of revenge spending really leading to a lot of the cost increases that we've seen. But according to Vacasa, I think that's how you say that, Vacasa.com, the percentage of Americans traveling for one or more summer holiday weekends has increased from 67% in 2022 to 80% in 2023. And according to Expedia, 81% of travelers globally intend to travel the same amount or more in summer this year compared to last year. So in February 2023, rates were up like 54% versus 2022 and uh, Smith Travel Research, which I haven't said that name in a long time. For those who know or are familiar with it, then you probably work in the hotel industry like we did. But STR, Smith Travel Research, basically anticipates that there's going to be an overall 2% increase in hotel rates this year versus last year. Flights are not that different. In 2022, rates hit a record high. And this year, they're like only down slightly. So I think naturally people like us, are looking for alternatives. And I think road trips are kind of presenting themselves as like a classic option, uh, which is, you know, one of the leading reasons why we got into thinking about trains again. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, and I'm watching travel all summer because I want to see how they land. Because part of this thinks, part of me thinks that this is a response to our new approach to work-life balance. And yeah. people read the research and they're taking their vacations and they're traveling more. They want to see the world because... 
maybe they're unhappy here, right? In their day-to-day job or whatever it is. But on the other hand, it's like it is driving the price up. These airlines and uh, hotel companies aren't equipped to handle all of this volume. And so the experience, not only do you pay more for it, you also don't have as great of an experience because of delays, lost baggage, all the things that we've talked about before. So I think trains are interesting to explore. But if you're like me and you're thinking like, oh, no, like, (laughs) I don't know, then I do have some positive signs to to share with you, some positive news to share with you, because there's been a lot of enhancements in trains and just rail travel in general in the last couple of years. If you think about Amtrak, which is a leading train brand, they have recently completed redesigned train fleets, a.k.a. the trains of the future. They're faster They're more spacious. They're modern. They're all of the things. Here are some of the highlights. They go 160 miles per hour versus 150, so they're faster. They have this new interior design, so it's not like the standard blue and beige anymore. Oh, I can see They're more like reddish. I can feel it. (laughs) I remember. I do too. I remember it. I always thought it was blue to just hide the dirt. Like, it's just... And it might have been white. (laughs) It was white at first, and then over the years, it became beige. <laughs> okay, there's also USB ports in every seat, and Wi-Fi is free on the train and in the station, which airlines haven't really caught up to that. Delta has, but a lot of them have not. Really? Um, there's cafe car enhancements with self-service options. There's uh, different classes, so first class, business class, and coach. And the coach is not as crammed as you are on a plane, There's technology. So on board, they have these information systems. They have touchless restroom controls. There's improved accessibility for people who are in wheelchairs or maybe using mobility devices, which, again, we haven't seen much innovation in planes there. People still have to leave their chairs at the gate. They can't go down the aisle comfortably. So basically, if it's on a plane, it's on a train, just bigger and possibly even better. Amtrak has this new fleet called Acela, A-C-E-L-A, and I really like it. It's kind of sleek, kind of like you'd, you know how you, (laughs) well, you know how you expect an Amtrak to look like kind of boxy and traditional, like like the old school Cadillacs, (laughs) just made of metal, (laughs) with a big like pipe in the front, like just like Thomas the Train energy. This one is is (laughs) not like that. And then they also have this new design called Arrow that's in, it's in the design phase now, but it's going to be the even newer fleet on top of Acela. Yeah. And so like, even just like the shape has changed, which is, you know, enough to give, make you give a second look. Yeah. I want to encourage everyone that's listening to this podcast to go to YouTube and search for Amtrak experiences. You're like, you'll be surprised. There are so many people that... Like, it is their thing. They go, they record content, they talk about their experiences, they get off at every stop, they stretch their legs, they show you all the stuff in the middle of America. (laughs) It's a really, really interesting uh, genre, if you will. I got caught up in it, and I want to spread that same experience. (laughs) Well, now that people are listening to this, presumably on their phones, then you probably will see these ads pop up in your timeline any given day now. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. So if you live in Florida, then you may have heard about this. If you, you know what? I take that back because my brother was just here. He lives in Florida and he didn't know. Yeah. He didn't know it was open. He had no idea. He thought it was still like under construction. Um, But all of that, we're referring to a completely new uh, train offering. And so you mentioned Amtrak. I think you stopped just short or maybe you weren't thinking of it, but if like if 
if ever there was a monopoly, it's pretty <laughs> sure right. that like Amtrak is the train brand. Like I'm sure there are others out there, but like for the most part, if you're thinking trains and consumer travel, you're thinking about Amtrak. And this is new. This is different. Like they have a competitor. It's called Brightline. And I would say in terms of the newer, sleeker designs, like it looks everything like what you're what you're mentioning. I would say like even a little sexier, like very cool, very like okay. Tesla of trains. If, I was going to say uh, Virgin. If you oh, think about okay. like Virgin as a brand yeah, and, and what they cooler. brought to the yeah. experience, not to the extent where they've got like people walking around and like With classic martinis. martinis and short skirts or anything like that, red lights or anything, <laughs> but it is very sleek. It's also very limited, right? So this is specific to Florida and Floridians now or people traveling to Florida, which is a top vacation destination. And so this is why we're talking about it. So Bright Line. This is a new train station that basically connects Miami to Orlando. You can get to Orlando and Miami and back in about three and a half hours. The train stops in West Palm Beach, Boca Raton, Fort Lauderdale, and Aventura. I think that's how you say it. Aventura, Florida, right? So a couple of stops in between, but Orlando to Miami. The cost is flat. So for coach it's $79. I also want to stop there and say, like, when I say coach, like, we're not talking about, like, back of the plane coach. Like, coach on trains is very different. Like, right. like there's certainly more uh, space, for sure. And to your point, like, a lot of them have all of the features that you just mentioned. So, like, it's not like you're crammed at all. But it's $79 flat. We were looking at it because we're visiting Florida soon. And we were like, oh, this would be cool because we know our son loves it. Uh, and then I also learned that for kids, it's half off. So, if you're uh, under two, you basically can ride free. And if you're between two and 12, it's half off. So, for all in, it was like $200. I wish airlines did that. Because I'd be mad every time I pay an adult price for for a kid for a kid seat, yeah, who doesn't consume anything, yeah, <laughs> other than the Wi-Fi. Well, he's taking up space, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought that was really really cool. And to your point about like again, people considering, which is what we're talking about, like that one thing could be the difference between someone staying an extra day on vacation because they save like a couple hundred dollars or something like that, depending on the number of kids that they have. So there's that. Similar to airplanes who have a coach class and a first class and a business class, on Brightline, they have basically two classes. So there's standard and premier, uh, premier being like their version of biz class, which is basically giving you like more amenities, more access, priority boarding. You get snacks and beverages. You also get access to like a, um, a really cool lounge, like very similar to like an airport lounge that you would have, which is really cool. You get food and alcoholic beverages. I think they have like beer on tap there. But I'll also say like going back to your comments around the experience that we had on Philly. uh, And again, this is no knock on Philly or no knock on Amtrak. This could have been an isolated incident, but that was not a good feel. Like when we were walking through there, could have been that it was late at night. It could have just been the energy, but like that's not somewhere where I would feel comfortable and certainly not comfortable bringing our child. I did not see any of that. When I was at Brightline, like it was really, really nice. And it makes sense. It's a completely new facility. I believe the one I was looking at was in Miami, but it was really, really cool. Now, Brightline is similar in terms of speed. Uh, They can go upwards of 125 miles per hour. uh, And they've added in a couple of other things, I think, that make the experience really cool. And so when you're booking 
Premier Plus, which is like their, or I don't know, I think maybe just added that plus. But when you're booking a top tier ticket, like the Premier ticket, you can uh, it integrates with Uber, which allows you to basically book an Uber, uh, and it's already there for you when you land in your destination. So that's sort of the one of the benefits. As soon as you get off your train, you can sort of hop in your Uber, and that can take you to your final destination or your next destination. You can uh, also do things like buy passes, which I thought was really cool. Because if you think about flights, if you're doing a lot of back and forth between places, it's not like you can say, well, like, you know, is there like a BOGO? Like, can I get buy three flights, get one leg free? Like, you can't really do that on a plane. But with Brightline, you can actually do that. So they offer passes. And I believe you can do this with uh, Amtrak as well. But you can buy like one ticket that's a little bit more expensive and then you get a set number or I'm sure they may even have like an unlimited option. So you do have a lot more flexibility to save and options to save if you're doing a lot of travel in a sort of confined period of time. Now, again, this is just between Miami and Orlando with a few stops along the way. But as they're looking to expand, they're going to be connecting Orlando to Tampa next. And they're in the process of expanding to the West Coast, which is primarily going to be centered in California. So it's like an affiliate of Brightline, but it's called Brightline West. And they're building a 260-mile line that connects Vegas with Los Angeles. So you'll be able to take that train and get from Vegas to Los Angeles in about two hours and 15 minutes. That's incredible. Yeah. So like really, really cool. And um, yeah, I would I would do both of these. Yeah. I would do both of these like in a heartbeat because we always talk about like if we're going to go out there, you might as well go here, go, go there. This yeah. gives you the flexibility to do it without dealing with a lot of the stress or issues that flights typically and airports typically bring. And it allows you to reimagine your vacations. It allows you to think like, okay, we could do Disney and the beach in the same week. Exactly. Because I don't have to necessarily rent a car and drive and schlep the kids like I can just hop on the bright line after we finish with the mouse and and head on down to Miami. And we didn't talk about this, but like one of the other benefits is you don't have all the issues with like luggage either. Right. Like you can lug on a whole bunch more stuff (laughs) for that train travel or traincation that you can do, but it's going to be an add to that cost if you're doing it on a flight. So, yeah. I mean, there are definitely some perks that I think are, are worthy of consideration. So hopefully the wheels are turning for somebody out there who's thinking about a vacation. But again, I'm about that, to add some that West Coast is, is going to take some time. But right <laughs> now we're just talking about Florida and Floridians, which I think covers a lot of folks on the East Coast and most likely Midwest. If your wheels are turning, let me just add some grease right now, because there's a couple of things that are exciting Speaking of expansion, you know how Google Flights is so clutch because you can see multiple airlines and start to price compare? Well, they're planning to add train schedules next. They've already started in Europe because trains are a more prevalent way of travel there, but they'll be expanding to the U.S. next. So that'll help get a lot more people involved in the research aspect and start to get that crowdsourced information about best routes and watchouts and plan for this kind of thing. Now, the other thing that might add a little grease to the wheels that are maybe turning is the price of flights. So flights are really expensive, though they are a little cheaper than last year. According to NerdWallet, the average cost of flights in the U.S. in May of 2023 is about 13% less of what it was in May of 2022. Though no matter how you slice it, all travel prices are up from what they were pre-pandemic, right? Right. So according to NerdWallet's travel price index, the overall cost of travel is up 16% compared to May 2019, and down 2% compared to the same month in 2022. Hotels, not much better. 
According to Smith Travel Research, the average rate for a U.S. hotel room last week was $157 a night, up from $150 from the same week last year. And the average daily rate for other short-term rentals, such as Airbnb and Verbo, rose to $316 last month, up 1.4% from a year ago, according to AirDNA, which is like a researcher that tracks the industry. If you're ever looking for an easy way to get a big picture understanding of the cost of travel from NerdWallet, they have this travel price index, which combines data from individual travel categories tracked by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, consumer price index data. Those are the people Mm. that measure inflation. They look at airfares, lodging, meals, rental cars. And if you look at their index, that's where that 16% increase year over year comes in. So for every $100 you may have spent last year, you can expect to spend $116 this year. And I think that is so important. Again, as people are recalibrating their time and planning to spend more time away, you can't take last year's budget and expect it to to go the same distance that it did last year. You gotta you gotta add tax and inflation. And again, I think the, the the sad part, the way that I'm thinking about it, is oftentimes that leads to all right. Well, we can't go there for five days. This time is going to be a four day vacation, right. or you can't stay in the same hotel. Now you've got to do a step down, which can be a bit of a bummer. You know what I mean? Especially or you when just you've got kids. Go to one vacation, and, which was exactly you know, the challenge we were having. You said it at the top of the episode, but our son is used to travel and he's used to travel by plane and that became the bar. Well, that's not and the so only we thing needed he's, to. To. he's got he's yeah. got taste preferences <laughs> got, now. We've set the tone. With no job. <laughs> and I think that right. But I think that's that's real. And I think a lot of people are, are dealing with that and, and it becomes an issue. And you hope that it doesn't become something that like takes away from the experience, but you know, that can be a little bit of a bummer. But listen, I will also say we've been in the same boat. So we did a lot of travel last year. And so we decided this year to do the smart thing for a variety of reasons. But like we were not uh, spared sort of the the feeling of the pressure of like trying to recreate what we did last year. Instead, it was like, you know what? How do we leverage all the miles and flights and things that we did last year to completely take all the pressure right. off of this year? And so... Uh, we started this summer. I think we did a really nice, uh, and it was great. Like we came back and we were like, "Wow!" Like I can't believe that was so good, even though we'd been before. But we went to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which, if you live in Atlanta, is like one of the go-to destinations. It's like an hour, hour and a half north from the city, but you can definitely fill up a couple of days there, especially with kids. And so that's exactly what we did. We had a great time there. Did so all the things, right? The like things. it was really, really cool. Uh, and Bo absolutely loved it. And our next stop is to pretty much do the same thing, which not back in Chattanooga, but we're going to go to one of our other favorite cities. It's a little further out. It's in South Carolina, but it's called Greenville. We're big foodies, and the city has a great restaurant scene. There's tons of tons of good food. Mm-hmm. Uh, last Tennessee year, does too. Tennessee does too. Like we 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 had a really, really great time in both. I think Greenville is a lot larger than Chattanooga, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, or at least it certainly feels larger uh, and it's much more known, I think, for its restaurant scene. We were planning on going to the Caribbean uh, and then I got spooked. I was doing all this research and I was like, all right, we should go to Jamaica again. It was great. And I was like, oh, there's a new resort in Cancun that we can hit up. And then after a while, the combination of like having to feel that pressure and it's like, oh, you're looking on one day with the miles and then the next day and then the flight's going up. And I was like, I don't know that it's worth it. Like, let's yeah. just... Simply, let's not lose sight of what we said we were going to do, which is to 
part of the restoration that we're looking for this summer is really around like keeping it simple. And so that's why we ended up settling on Florida. And that's ultimately what led to us looking at all of the other ways that we might be able to make the most out of our time there. But that does not sort of exclude us from any other pressures. There's still gas prices, which I would say is actually not bad, right? So the EIA predicted that the retail gas price would average around $3.51 in 2023, dropping from $3.99 a gallon in 2022. We know that this can fluctuate like literally hour by hour. But so far, like the cost of gas has actually been really, really affordable. And so that sort of even further uh, strengthens the rationale behind why you might consider uh, a road trip. Again, road trip, a combination of road trip plus train, all of these things should be on your radar in terms of in terms of things to think about. Uh, but yeah, for us, it was a matter of using points. We had some flight credits, uh, you know, reevaluating sort of the length of the trip. Like we threw everything at this vacation. And I was like really happy with the way that we stitched it all together. Because again, there's like no pressure. We don't feel like we're taking away from the experience. And uh, even if that means we add a little bit of a choo-choo train in between, I think it's <laughs> something that uh, we'll, we will certainly remember. All right. One of the benefits of us going down these YouTube rabbit holes every so often is that you guys get the output of our list of pros and cons. So here's what we've come up with, with the pros and cons. I'm going to take the pros naturally and Julian will take the cons. <laughs> I'm better at the bad news. <laughs> He's better at the bad news because I'm going to still add that silver lining to a con and then y'all just be confused and sending me emails like, did you say you were for it or against it? By the way, I messed up my algorithm so you didn't have to. You're welcome. <laughs> I get all kinds of train ads now. It's interesting. (laughs) All right. So the first pro is the one that we've been talking about all episode, which is the cost. I cost compared a bunch of different ways to get from Orlando to Miami on Spirit Airlines. Shout out to the Brave Spirit Flyers that may be listening. That trip will cost you $123. On Delta, it'll cost you $178. And on JetBlue, it'll cost you $214. But on the Bright Line... $79 $79 every hour on the hour. Yeah, that's flat the right. Thing. Yeah. yeah, like it's like a bus. It just it, it just goes, yeah. right? Amtrak was $49, even cheaper, but the departures are not every hour on the hour. So you, mm. you got to wait and organize your day around the train schedule. Obviously, this is just one place they're competing in, but you can imagine that once more high-speed rail spreads as a travel transportation means, it'll have some impact on air travel prices. Now, in California, they voted for and passed development of high-speed rail that was supposed to connect L.A. to San Francisco and then eventually Sacramento. But that project is moving along pretty slowly. And from what we've been able to gather, it was slated to be completed by 2020 and was initially supposed to cost $10 billion. It's now delayed. They're way behind. And it's estimated to be almost 10 times that. So, yeah. $100 billion. Yeah, which, my YouTube you know. algorithm led me to a full-fledged sort of expose on what's happening out there in California. So I, I feel for the people who voted for train travel, who were quoted one thing and then got like an yeah. absolutely ridiculous thing because they've started this project. It's not like you can just abandon it. Now they have to figure out a way right. to pay for it. So that like that's just another thing that Californians are really struggling with right now. So Apologies, guys, but, you know, maybe move to Florida or something like that. Okay, so cons. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't just don't move to Atlanta. (laughs) Just don't do not move here. Okay, 
So cons, and we'll start with the obvious one. Like trains are like they are slower, right? This is a slower way of traveling. And so if speed is an ideal characteristic of what you're looking, like you want to get this experience over with, then this is probably not for you. But if you have time and you're willing to sort of embrace the experience, I think it's certainly something that you can think about. So using that same route, going from Orlando to Miami, that's three and a half hours on Brightline on a plane. It's about an hour in the air. Like as soon as you- In the air. In the air. Count that full, get on the plane, TSA, take your shoes off. You can add on a board with, you know, or if zone you're one three. of those people who don't have a TSA pre check or something, yeah. to your point, it get is your you're going to the get car. there in just about the same amount of time. Yeah. Right. So, that to your point, right? Security, taxiing, all those things adds like another hour on both sides. Plus, depending on where it is relative Arby, to where you're going, child. it might add a whole nother layer to it. So, um, if we're looking at Amtrak, though, right? So, Amtrak different from Brightline, like it's five to eight hours, which I, I would I wouldn't do that unless I had a really big book <laughs> that I had to like get through, or I just really wanted to slow down. Which again, you could do. Like as I'm thinking about it, the book writing process might have felt a I little mean, different. For forty nine dollars. For forty nine dollars, it's like why pay for a subscription to a workspace? <laughs> just ride the trains around the country and write your book that way. Now again, you also have driving. It doesn't really save you that much time. Looking at that particular route, it's around. Three hours, but that's also assuming there's no traffic. And according there's to my brother, traffic. he was like, "Yeah, that that that's it's not that simple. Like depending on where you go, you might get hit with, you know, Florida. You might get hit with a flood of rain, and for the next ten minutes, which delays you thirty minutes, like all kinds of things. A trucker protests, you know, it's all kind of things happening in Florida. <laughs> right, right. So all that to say, like you know, in cases like this, I'd say saving money has to really be your primary motivator. If you have the time, then knock yourself out. Like literally, like take take a nap, <laughs> take a sleeping pill, slow down, and just like you know, enjoy the ride because you're going to be there for a while. We even looked at a couple of other routes: Atlanta to DC on Amtrak. That's 14 hours, which is not that bad. I want to say I've yeah. driven it. That was like 10, closer to like 12. 10. Atlanta to New York was 18 plus. I've, I've driven from Atlanta to New York as well. That was closer to like 14. So you don't really save that much time. Like you could technically take the train. It's about the energy. It is. See, this is why I can't do cons. Because I'm like, you don't save time, but you have your energy. And it only costs you like, you know, a fraction of, of the cost. Yeah. I will also say this for the people that are exploring let's say, East Coast travel, like you're not going to get the picturesque vibes that you're going to get no. like on the West Coast, right? So one of the uh, the benefits of taking the train on the West Coast is you truly get to see the country in ways that you otherwise would not see. Like, So we're talking primarily about one of their premier routes, which is called the Coast Starlight Route, which connects Seattle, Portland, Sacramento, and Los Angeles. This is a 35-hour trek, right? Like all these things. And again, most people, I'm sure, don't do the whole thing. They just go from one city to the next. But the entire thing would be around 35 hours. Like it's a, it's an experience, but you're literally going through mountains and over bridges, like all the things that you've seen on television. Like it's real out there. Like you are going through landscapes. Like it is absolutely beautiful from what I've seen. I'm sure that's not 100% of the experience, but you do get to sort of add that to it. So all of that to say, I think it's fair to say that train travel is slower. But look at me adding a bright side to it. I think it's it's depending on where you're going. Like it can really add 
an offer and experience that air travel can't give you. Like you're not going to get that. The mountains don't look the same from 30,000 feet as they do like from below when you can actually yeah. see them and like you're moving at a slower pace. So well, that's there's something next, to it. That's my next pro, which is that the journey in and of itself is an experience, yeah. you know? You subscribe to romanticizing your life, as the girls on TikTok say, or just really trying to see your life in a really positive way. I think this is one interesting way to kind of play on that. You know, whenever people ask me what would be my huge splurge if I was just super filthy rich, I always say it would be a driver because the experience oh, I thought you of, were about to say tra- a train. I was like, what? No. <laughs> oh, I get a train. It would be to have a driver. like A caboose. <laughs> We know someone who owns and lives in the caboose, by yes, the way. Yes, there's a It's a luxury caboose. cabooses yeah. that they live in. Yeah. But the experience of having someone drive you around and being taken places and just reusing that time to think or daydream or sleep is just unmatched. And with trains, I get the Poman's version. You know, with the sleeper trains, they have these roomettes, which is like their version of suites, and they have bunk beds in them. There's dining cars, view cars, open lounge areas. On menus, nice menus, too. Yeah, on the menus, they have things like, you know, sandwiches like you get on flights, but they also have much more. They have plated meals and pastas and steak, burgers, desserts served yeah. on plates. It's just really nice looking. It's not like the little plastic to-go container that you get, you know, the little... What are the microwave TV dinners that you get on the plane, right? And then there are the views. I mean, you've already captured it, but there are just certain views that you can only get on a train versus flying. You know, imagine those mountains from from being right in front of them versus on top of them. So, No, I completely agree. And I will say I was so impressed with uh, a lot of the menus and things that I saw. And, And again, the YouTube rabbit hole, they would show you some of these things. I was like, wow, that doesn't look... Any different, I'm going to say this, like the amount of weddings we've been to in terms of what we call banquet chicken or Mm -hmm. wedding steak, like you can get that on a train, basically. Mm -hmm. So if you can deal with that, then I'm like, hey, if you like that and you think that's amazing, then you're not missing out on anything on trains. So check out Amtrak for nothing else, the food. Never thought I would ever say that, but (laughs) it's it's real. Okay. So another con, right? We go from a pro to a con. Uh, delays, right? So everyone hates delays. You hate them in flights and on airplanes and on trains. They are like especially bad. With Amtrak in particular, I found a statistic that said that 25% of Amtrak trains are delayed. Like, Yikes. it sounds <laughs> crazy. And, and like, these are like long delays. Like, it was like, it, it's one of those, they're delayed. Just go ahead and like, just embrace it because yeah, it's going to be a while. I can imagine it's not like an airport where they can just bring a part and switch it out. And, yeah. and you know, yeah. you're, you're waiting with, with the captains keeping you updated on a plane. I imagine you get something break. Yeah. You got to wait a minute. Yeah. And again, this happens in airports too. Uh, but the difference is like you could be stopped in the middle of Idaho. So, yeah, right. In yeah. the middle of Nebraska. And again, it's like, listen, make the most of it, you know. And most of these stops are sort of set up for that. And so it, it likely is not hard for you to find a lounge, a coffee shop or bar or something like that, if that's your thing. But yeah, you should expect delays and plan accordingly for delays. Like if you're doing this on business, like make sure that you you built in a buffer to account for the likelihood. Literally one out of four of yeah. those trains are going to be delayed. And so, you know, again, if but if this is a slow travel thing and you brought two books, 
Just embrace it. You take them all seven. Oh no, I don't have. Maybe you got a roomette. Twenty five percent delay. You got a roommate, like you said, and uh, <laughs> go lay down in your bunk. Bed. You can go lay down in your bunk <laughs> and enjoy the experience. By the way, they do have showers on the plane too, right? So like you can go take a shower. They've got private showers okay. and public showers. So you've got to pay for it if you want to do you know the the, the private stuff. But uh, yeah, they don't look bad. Like honestly, they don't look terrible. And I'm saying that I got pretty high standards. It's it's doable. Maybe not necessarily preferable. Not luxury. Not, not luxury at all. Yeah. Uh, maybe a hundred years ago it would have been luxurious. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. and depending on where you live, it might be luxury. Shoot, let me not judge what's what what one million's luxury is to another. <laughs> all right, pro rail passes. So Amtrak, like Brightline, offers you rail passes so you can ride more frequently at a discount versus flights. I love flights that. don't give you discounts for the amount. That you travel, they just give you more points or more perks. Like right. you can get on the plane first, like that kind of thing. So with if you're taking a more scenic route, like in California, you can plan some slow travel and ride Amtrak to get up and down the coast and know that you're, you know, getting that volume discount. There's also no baggage limits and there's more legroom. So the coach seats on Amtrak have about 39 inches of legroom space. Whereas planes with major airlines provide between 28 and 32 inches to kind of squish your legs into. And you know that 28 inches, like if you've ever flown internationally or on a discount airline like Spirit and Frontier. Oh, yeah. 28 is generous. Like you you really do be squeezed into those seats. And so we hear if you have a larger body or you're taller you know, you have the room to actually get comfortable and you don't have to worry about being all up on somebody's seat. Yeah, if you're you're 6'2", uh, like me, you know exactly what the wire in the back seat of the sort of pocket feels like. Because <laughs> oh, it fits perfectly <laughs> rubbed up against your oh, kneecap. Man, it's an absolutely miserable experience. I've had that, uh, the pleasure of that feeling several times. I'm going to add to the pros here, kind of, even though I'm talking about something that's kind of negative, but it's really around safety. So safety of trains versus other forms of transportation. Uh, We tried to find some data on this. uh, And what we found was that in 2020, there were more than 50 times more deaths on highways than on train tracks and more than twice as many deaths on trains than on planes, right? Of those 746 railroad deaths across the country in 2020, the bulk were because of trespassers, basically people jumping on the rails, going in places, doing things that they're not supposed to do. So to their credit, like these are things that, you know, not necessarily their fault, but people do these things and it sort of leads to further That's the delays. Those are the delays. 95% of the accidents uh, that happen on Amtrak are due to trespassers. Uh, And I would say uh, because of that, it's not like an accident like leads to fatalities, whereas in cars and on planes, like right. typically if you have an accident, the likelihood that someone loses their life is significantly higher. So again, it happens, uh, but it is really unlikely. Uh, I know that even recently it was not in the U.S., but I think it was in India or somewhere that there was a really tragic accident that led to some loss of life, right. a significant loss of life. But for the most part, this is not an issue that you really need to be concerned about. And again, with all of the enhancements, I know we didn't get into it, but there's a lot of federal legislation around infrastructure. A good bit of that is tied to enhancing survey and improving the experience for riders of trains. And so presumably we should see those numbers go down in the foreseeable future. Uh, So all that to say, like there's been a lot of innovation. Um, Again, I think if nothing else, this isn't my final thought because you always ask that. 
I think we just want to make sure people are considering it. Because I think if you're like us, it never crossed your mind. Like, it was right. like, it was just not up there. It was like, if we're not getting there by flight, there's no flights. We can't go. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> or the like, flight's too expensive. The flight's too expensive. And, and I'm it's not like, driving. completely write it off. You know, yeah. and it's like, if you're not going over water, you know, like yeah. there are other ways to get there that we should at least take a look at, take the second to look at it. Uh, so, yeah, that's hopefully what we think uh, more folks will do. Okay. Final thoughts. Let's yes. see what you got to say. My final thought is a story and then a thought. <laughs> Probably oh, should have okay. opened with this. <laughs> but almost four years ago, I was on the strategic partnerships team at, you know, our massive global hotel company. And my VP was this young hotshot who came from the consulting world. He was a deal maker, a closer, like y'all know the type. He was just, he was that guy, right? And when he resigned, I fully expected him to be heading to a tech company or some other sexy industry. But instead he took this biz dev role, business development role at a company that specializes in luxury train travel. Their trains had these glass domes so you could get 360 views and they had all the amenities, like all of them. And when I asked him why he would do this, he kind of broke down all of the reasons from market cap of train travel to the trends of intergenerational travel to the sheer financial prowess of baby boomers and yeah. having all of this money but limited mobility yeah. coupled with increasing frustration with the entire airline experience. And I was sold on this model. So like when I think about it, like after doing the episode, obviously this is the mainstream version, but I can absolutely see the U.S. starting to catch up with the rest of the world regarding transportation infrastructure. Trains already play a huge, huge role in our daily lives. If you remember just last year, the president had to step in to stop a railroad strike because it would have been catastrophic to the economy. So the role of trains is already there. They're just carrying our stuff, our commerce, instead of carrying people. So it's largely invisible to us. But I really see that changing. And so I'm glad that you're challenging our family to get a head start and get comfortable with this as a means of transportation, even if it's not immediately like the seed has been planted. Yeah. And and I'll be honest. Thank you for that. That was not an immediate uh, motivation, but it was definitely something that I was thinking about. I was like, well, my son lo- loves trains. And in no other part of our lives would he constantly express something that he loves. And we would just like completely disregard it. Like we pay attention. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm realizing he's never been on a train. He's been talking about it yeah, since he was like two. two. He was like, he loves trains. He's never been on one. I don't think he's ever seen one up close. So it's really, really, you know, that was a part of it. My final thought, and and I am choosing to be optimistic here. But just to kind of put it in perspective, like if you can do a three star hotel, like you can probably do a traincation. <laughs> three, three and a half. It's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, no, you're not going to be like, you know, in a room or something like that. Yeah. But I think if you've done a three star hotel, you know what it feels like to walk in and it's like, OK, like yeah, it, it, it's clean. Okay, look, thank you. You say, you know what? It's clean. It's fine. It's affordable. I don't live here. I don't live here. And like, but no one's it, asking it's you. The job done. Yeah, no one's asking you to deliver a baby in the room. Like, we're just asking you <laughs> to like stay in it for a couple of days and to embrace the fact that it only costs you a couple of hundred dollars to right. get from point A to point B. And then they add in all these other benefits, like, oh, you can stretch out. And like, they literally have benefits that flights and planes and airports do not offer you. You don't have to worry about TSA, the long lines, the sort of stitching together of all of this disintegrated technology, which 
we might need to talk about that in a separate episode. Like right. all these things are new and cutting edge, but they don't talk to one another. There's more space and coach. There's more flexibility to coordinate to travel. Like there's just all these things. It's a fancy way of saying yes. It's slower, <laughs> but it may be, I think, worth taking a look at for smaller chips. So start small. It may say, you know what? This year to get from here to there, we're just going to take the train and see what that experience looks like. Even if it's just you're tired of paying and looking for parking or something like that in your destination, this time you're not going to have to worry about it because you took the train, right? Or you're doing it one way and then you're going to drive back. But I just want at least some of us to take a look, explore, see what you come up with and add it back to the consideration set. Because to your point, like with all these enhancements, it's going to get less and less affordable. As they get nicer, as we get more enhancements. So maybe you're able to sort of tap into it now and um, give it a shot. So there it is. Be an early adopter. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Rich and Regular Podcast presented by Success. If you like this episode, then hop on board and choo-choo-choose to leave us a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. (laughs) We will see y'all next week. 